This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, as you recall, on the last show that I did. I didn't do a show last week. There are reasons. Uh, The last show that I did, I talked about having a cold coming on and having a bad tooth. Uh, some, some, Some pretty serious tooth pain. Well, the cold, I think, has worked its way through, but the tooth is still there. Huh. Yes, it is. Let me tell you. So I record these shows on Saturday mornings from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store in Minneapolis. If you are interested in buying old comic books, uh, we've got back issues galore here. We go back to the Golden Age, but a lot of our stuff is Silver Age and Bronze Age, but you just check and see what you see what you might be interested in. We do have the modern stuff, not completely up-to-date stuff, because we don't carry the new comic books as they come out. We just get them as they come in when people sell their collections and such. So anyway, um, if you become a member of our membership, you save 10% on your purchases of uh, the stuff that you find on our online catalog. Uh, And right now, we are having a sale, which is uh, for members, the... um, uh, the comic books that we have, if they sit on the shelf long enough, there's a you know certain number of them. If they sit long enough on the shelf, they'll get an extra 20% off. That's for members. Members get 10% off on every purchase regardless, but they'll get an additional 20% off once a comic book has been around for a little bit. And then there are some comic books, if they've been around for even longer, they go to 30% off. And then there are some that if they've been around even longer than that, they go to 40% off. Well... The sale that we're having right now is any comic book that is that has gotten to the 20% off range is now 33% off. And this lasts until Tuesday. So you've got a couple of days. So if, you know, when the show drops, you, know, you might have it just a day. <laughs> Depending how soon I get the show out there onto the and whatever. So, um, but anyway, check out Nostalgia Zone. Go to nostalgiazone.com, become a member. If you're interested in buying old comic books, you can do that. So, I do the show here in the basement. And last week, I sat down here and said, oh, the day before, the Friday before that, oh, the, the tooth pain really started coming on. It got so bad, I used one of my wife's oxycodone, which I admonished, and I will do again. Do not do that. Do not use another person's prescriptions. It's not a good idea. You don't know. You know the doctor didn't prescribe it to you. You may you might be on a medication that is counteractive or something that could be dangerous with you with whatever medication you might take from somebody. Just don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. That said, I did it again on Saturday night. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm a hypocrite. I understand. But um, boy, the pain. 
with something. So that Friday was awful. I took one. Uh, yeah, I managed to get through the night. Tylenol seems to help. And so that's that Saturday morning. I took some Tylenol. So when I was recording the show last week, my tooth wasn't all that bad. It was, uh, you know, not even, it was like a two in the pain scale. You know, one being, or zero being no pain, one and two being, yeah, minor, kind of, and then up to ten being, the ten being unbearable. Uh, so it wasn't bad. Uh, and I, I think I took some Tylenol heat when I got here. We have some here in the store. I took some uh, before recording. And so I got through most of the day. We close at six o'clock. We're open from two till six. Uh, we don't. We're not open to in-store traffic much. It's still a holdover from the pandemic. Uh, but uh, you know, we just can't figure out how to op- be open more hours. And mo- so a lot of our our stuff is is mail order stuff. So anyway, uh, long about five thirty last Saturday, the tooth started twinging again. So uh, I thought, man, should I take some more? Should I wait till I get home? I'm gonna be, you know, we will. I'll be leaving shortly after six and head home, and I should be home by, you know, between six thirty and seven, and I'll be okay. On the drive home, the pain was up to ten. I mean, I I can't say it was exactly ten because I I did manage to bear it. Because <laughs> they say if ten's unbearable, well, I, I'm okay. I won't be pedantic. It was a ten. It was bad. I was white knuckling as I was driving home. I'm trying to breathe calmly. Kept telling myself, "Remember to breathe. Be calm. It'll be okay. You'll get home. Be calm. Watch the road. Do the driving. Remember to breathe." And I, I just was gripping the steering wheel so tightly. I'm surprised I didn't leave grooves in it by the time I got home. It was bad. So I get in the house that day, and. Uh, uh, Amy says hello, and then she says Edna needs a walk, and I said Oxy right now. Yes, that's right. I did the thing they tell you not to do. <laughs> I took another Oxy. I also think I took some Tylenol with it, and it calmed down a little bit. Uh, but long about nine o'clock that night, ooh boy, it was starting to twinge again. I was thinking, God, I got to go through a night of this, and I got to. Uh, and Amy says, you know, there's someone you can call. There's a number you can call. To, to figure out what to do and so we found the number and I called it's a uh, it's for our health care provider there's an after hours care line they called it in fact I mistook the the woman who had answered the uh, the, the, new, the nurse that I spoke to her name was Amber and I called her Caroline I said oh wait a minute it's Caroline it's the it's the Caroline I'm calling I'm sorry and I, I knew it was Amber I wrote down Amber my, when I was taking the notes about what she was doing. Anyway, so I did call. I got a hold of a nurse. The nurse asked me a bunch of questions about, is my tongue swollen? Is my face reddish? Or is there swelling in my face? Do I have a temperature? I even uh, Do I have a fever? I even checked my temperature on the phone while I was with her. Uh, I, my tongue was not swollen. I did, my face, Amy said my face was a little bit swollen on that side, but not too bad. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, and I didn't have a fever. So that's some of that stuff was, I guess, okay. But uh, she says, okay, she got all this information from me. She's, she'll say, I'm going to get in touch with the on-call dentist to see what to do. So I'll call you back. She called back, and uh, you know, and I was honest with her when I told her what I was doing for the pain. I said, I did take an oxy from my wife, an oxycodone from my wife, because you know she had some, and you know, like I just painted it like it's an old prescription or something. She did have some, so I, you know, left over and I, I took one. Uh, I didn't tell her I took one the night before. Okay, I wasn't completely honest with her. But anyway, she calls back. She says, the dentist is setting you up with two prescriptions for antibiotics. 
These are, you know, these are pills you'll take by mouth three times a day. You have enough for seven days, or you have 21 pills. So you'll be able to pick it up tomorrow at your pharmacy, start tomorrow, and finish. And, you know, and, and this is something i got to remind everybody out there. If you are prescribed a, an antibiotic for, a biotic for some kind of infection, whatever it is, if you are prescribed one and the dosage, uh, the amount that you get is to go for a week or two weeks or three days or whatever it is, you take it until it's gone. You follow the prescription, you know, you follow the, if it's you take two pills a day or one three times a day or however it's prescribed, you take it until it's all gone. Uh, not just uh, you don't just stop once. Well, the infection's gone. It's just, I can see that it's gone. It's better. I don't you know. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop taking it. Don't do that. Take it until it's gone. Uh, we're, we're trying when when doctors and pharmacies pharmacists tell you to do that. They're trying to prevent the development of super bacteria. If you you know you're meant to take this full course, and it's meant to t to kill off as much of that bad bacteria as it can. And and if you if you stop short. Some of that bacteria might, you know, might build up some resistance, and they become super resistant down the road, and where antibiotics might not work on them at all. It's a real problem in medicine. They're trying to figure it out how to work with uh, dealing with infections that aren't using, uh, by not using antibiotics to attack them. They're trying to find methods to do that because uh, uh, bacteria resistant, uh, you know, uh, resistance to antibiotics is a danger, and it is a, you know, it's a problem that the medical science is trying to work on. So when you're told this is your prescription, you take it all the way through, you take it all the way through until it's done, even if you get better before then. So do that. That's my admonishment. I did that with these. So anyway, then she says, for pain management, no more oxy, she said. She says, I know you are desperate. I understand, but don't do that. I said, okay, I won't. And I didn't after that. I didn't. Uh, she said that the dentist says, uh, I think it was like, take 1,000 milligrams of, of Tylenol and, uh, and 500 milligrams of ibuprofen at the same time every six to eight hours. And she did tell me that the antibiotic, once I start taking it, it will take about 48 hours before I start to notice a difference in pain level and that because it, the antibiotic will begin to help. And then the pain medicine that I'm taking won't have to work as hard. It'll be easier to to tamp that pain down. So I said, okay, that's what I'll do. So so I I, I, I started taking my my liver must be saying, please, enough with the Tylenol. <laughs> the ibuprofen isn't as hard on the liver, but I think the ibuprofen is harder on your stomach. So so my body's just saying, okay, enough of this stuff. Then you go on an antibiotic, and that not only is it does it kill the bad uh, bacteria, but it kills good bacteria, and it messes up your system. You've got this microbiome kind of thing in your in your guts, your flora, whatever they call it, in, in your in your in your in your guts that deal with uh, you know with your pooping, and it can it can mess things up on you. And I, now I hope you're not eating, but about uh, midway through that prescription, I think on a Wednesday, it was I think it was a Wednesday night. Uh, I, I woke up at like three in the morning and feeling this this real deep gut cramps, you know, deep down in there. You know, and it's, oh god, oh that feels bad. <laughs> and and it, it would it would I would have that and then uh, then I would fart and it'd feel a little relief. Oh that's better. And then the cramp would come back and then another fart. And I went for like an hour and a half just cramping and farting, cramping and farting. It was uh, 
it was something. And the and the number twos when I would go to the bathroom were different than what I would normally have. And also, one of the antibiotics that I that I took um, had was it didn't have like a coating on it to uh, slow down you know to to, to slow down the, the dissolving just a little bit till it gets your stomach in that. No, no. The moment that particular pill touches my tongue, it begins to dissolve, and it tastes bitter. So my wife had to teach me how, you know, she takes pills by, she'll take a gulp of water, she'll hold it in her mouth, and then she'll pop the pills in through the mouth and kind of swoosh it around, and whoop, down it goes. You know, instead, of, instead of what I do is I take the handful of pills that I take my regular medication, pop them all in my mouth, and then I swap you know, swig something and send them down. So that helped, but a little bit, because sometimes that pill just did not want to go down with everything else. It just grabbed a hold of my tongue and ugh, just ugh, <laughs> such a horrible taste. But I got through the entire amount. Uh, and, and, and over the course of that week of taking that stuff, it just was, it's just this bitter, bitter, bitter taste in my mouth all the time and it's eating stuff didn't help much and i chewing gum might have helped but i did this to myself during that week or maybe before i can't remember but because of this pain on the one side of my mouth the left side of my mouth i was doing most i was favoring the right side of my mouth and chewing and that probably changed how i held my mouth when i chew and i bit the inside of my lower lip bit it really good and bit it more than once because once you bite it and it swells up, well, then it becomes more likely that you're going to bite it again because it's it's not it's got swollen up and all that. So I couldn't chew gum to get that taste out of my mouth. I had to just kind of deal with it. Ugh, it's awful. Uh, so I did get the prescriptions on that Sunday. I got them started, and Sunday night I was having pain still. I was doing the 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 Tylenols. I couldn't go six hours. Before it takes, I had to, you know, like in four hours or five hours, I had to take something. It's just, it just, you know, but I was just doing what I could do. Didn't take any oxy. I didn't do that. But <clears throat> Sunday night, I was in that same kind of thing. Just, oh, God, this is terrible. Called that after hours Caroline again. Got a different nurse this time. She went through the same questions. I told her that I talked to, and then I was doing the antibiotics and all that. And she just reassured me. She said, Keep taking the pain meds that you're taking. They may not seem like they're working, but they are helping. And to keep taking the antibiotics, it does take some time for them to do the work. And eventually they did. The antibiotics really did help calm everything down. I still, uh, I still uh, have to take some uh, uh, ibuprofen and Tylenol, uh, although I, uh, I'm not taking quite the amount that the, that the dentist said to take. Sometimes I take a little bit more than it, but most of the time I take a bit less. Because, uh, again, I'm trying to give my stomach and liver a little chance, to a little break here. Uh, but I said that the tooth is still there. Yeah, it is. The Monday after that weekend, I called the, my health care provider. It's an insurance company that also, you know, a health insurance company that has clinics and a network and all that kind of stuff. So I called them, and that's where I go to get my dental work done. But I haven't been to the dentist in a long time. I mean, I've had this, these two broken teeth, that uh, the one that's giving me the problem. I've had, those have been broken for a long time, before the pandemic. And then I got another tooth that broke during the pandemic. In fact, we're on the two-year anniversary of that breaking right now, this weekend. It was, it was just the Friday before Memorial Weekend in 2020, 20, I think it was 2020. No, 2021. 
that it broke. I went, great, but it doesn't hurt. It hasn't caused me any problems. And that's the same thing with these two teeth that broke pretty much at the same time that the one is now giving me problems. But they didn't hurt. So I didn't do anything because then a pandemic rolls in. I said, I don't want to go to the dentist during a pandemic. And it was kind of limited in how you could go at first and then all that stuff. So it just, you know. And then it was a couple of months ago that the rest of the filling that had broken out of that tooth in the back, the one that's giving me the problem, the rest of it came out. And within a couple of weeks, that started to hurt. It just, you know, the pain just really started happening. So I call and I say, I, I, you know, I need to get into see the dentist. I've got a bad tooth. And I told him, I said, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been to the dentist. They, they looked it up and they said, yeah, it's been a long time since you've been there. I said, yeah, I know, and I'm paying for it now. And, uh, and they said, well, the thing is, uh, it's been so long for you that you've been here. You're now considered a new patient. And we're not taking any new patients. Oh, well, what am I supposed to do? Pull it out by myself? I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said, okay, well, then then what? I said, well, uh, call your member services. They will find uh, um, uh, a non, you know, uh, a, a, a dental place that's not under the heading of this particular one, but one that is within our network, within the network of the insurance company or plan. So I did that, and they gave me, like, seven options. And we picked one, and I went last Wednesday to see him. And they checked it out, did the x-rays and all that, and they said, well, yep, that tooth, the filling is all gone. You've got an exposed nerve. That's what's doing all this pain. Uh, they didn't say this, but I, I, because of the antibiotics, I, I suspect that, uh, that the thought was that I had an abscess, uh, and probably did, but the antibiotic did the work to clear out the abscess. Because there was no sign of it, at least it's, yeah, I th I've seen an x-ray with, with an abscess and you can see where, you know, see what it looks like. Well, there was no sign of it in the x-ray where they were showing my tooth. But they said, well, you know what you need. You need, a, you need a root canal there and a crown. And I said, well, my insurance doesn't cover root canals. And they said, yeah, and it doesn't cover root canals on those back teeth in your mouth. For whatever reason, I don't know, it doesn't. So the other option is then is to pull it. And I said, well, we're going to have to pull it. Okay, we'll set you up with an appointment to pull it next week. <laughs> so I still wait with it in there. The pain isn't too bad; it's manageable. I was worried that the abscess might come back, so I'm, uh, you know, uh, keeping my fingers crossed, even though it doesn't do anything but hurt my fingers. But you know, we'll see. I have an appointment on Tuesday at noon to get the thing pulled. Uh, they said about the other tooth that's got a chip in it, it's, the chip is part of the tooth, but it's right next to a giant filling. And they said, that's going to need a crown. And I said, no, I can't do crowns because my insurance doesn't cover crowns and I can't afford them. Well, we got a pay payment plan we can do. And I said, yeah, I've also got a mortgage. I'm paying for kids college and I'm, and I'm paying off a credit card. I can't take on another payment. But, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. So you're going to have to pull it. You know, so that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. So next week's show, we'll see how I sound. Maybe I'll sound just a little bit uh, lighter because I'll have the, the weight of that one tooth taken out of me. So how was your week? Ay, ay, ay. It's, it's, anyway. Uh, let's see. Where am I at? Oh, I'm up, up to my first break. Oh my goodness, I did the whole thing in in the in in the first uh, part of the show. So that means I have to do this, and uh, and uh, I'll be back. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Doctor Jim Sims. I'll be back after this break. Anyone can 
Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I should give you an update on Amy. That's my wife. She broke her shoulder back a few weeks now. Uh, she's had the follow-up uh, meeting with the, not the surgeon, but the surgeon's physician's assistant. Uh, uh, met with that person and looked at the x-rays of what they had done in the surgery, and he's really happy with how Amy's healing. It looks really good. It looks really cool, too. She's got a plate in there with a bunch of pins going under her bone. I think I did say she's got a cadaver bone. You know, you know, she has another person's bone in her. You know, that joke I made. I, that's part of it. And she was explaining how it was. It's broken in four places, and it's just, uh, it's something. So I'll put that up on the show notes page. Get to the show notes page by going to dimland.com. Uh, and then uh, click on the uh, show notes slash blog option, and you'll get to the show notes. They'll be up at some point on Monday, and uh, so then check it out, and you'll see the you'll see the pins in place and, and all that. It's, it's it's really cool. So she's 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 bionic, I guess you can say, uh, and now, and she's been doing physical therapy. She's just had her second session where they 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 increase the difficulty of the exercises they gave her the the week before so she's she's you know trying to improve and uh, and and work on things she has come back to work um, just a couple of days so uh, three days so far 
So that's good. She's able to work a little bit with her hand and uh, use her left to do the mouse, and she's able to work. You know, so we set up the set up the situation in her in her art department to so that it fits her. You know, fits how she is now, so she doesn't have to reach up. So she's still got a ways to go to get back to 100%, but it might take, you know, it's going to take six months, a year to get maybe to 80%. It depends uh, on how she heals and how much, how seriously she takes the physical therapy. And she does seem to be doing it very um, um, seriously. And so we're, we're in hopes that uh, she'll get at least most of it back. Um, so that's, so that's where she is there. Now stop me if you've heard this before. I mean, I have a way of telling stories again, uh, but this is a <clears throat> this is a story. I don't know if I talked about this. Uh, you may be aware that I I take part of in another uh, in another podcast occasionally. Uh, that's called the Assault of the Two Headed Space Mules, and it's run by my friend Douglas. And Douglas has gathered a group of uh, uh, of fellows to uh, sometimes come on all of us at once or maybe a couple of us with him uh, but uh, we're members of what he calls the gooch squad it's the it's it's uh, we're the guests let's see um, the gang of a of occasional co uh, uh, co-hosts the gang of occasional co-hosts which is gooch squad right so you know okay that's what we call ourselves uh, you know, taint that in, uh, interesting. <laughs> um, uh, but the story about what Gooch means here, <laughs> that's something I found out later, and it taint going to be pleasant. Uh, <clears throat> there's a reason I, you'll, you'll, you'll see. I'll get there. Uh, I, at this place that I work now, with uh, with that, that that fellow that's in that that world famous band, but they're not you know they may be famous in within their genre they're 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 well known, they're a touring band they just got done with uh, with a five and a half week tour, which left me without another office person that at least had the you know same level of experience that I have not let alone what he has, I you know, was crazy busy over the. Over those six weeks or whatever. Well, he's back, but uh, anyway, before you know, he and I will will talk about stuff. You know, while he's we're working together, we we found that we have an interesting connection, in our sense of humor, sort of thing, and we'll do a little riffing with each other here and there with along stuff. And I thought because I was talking about the Gooch Squad, and and you know, and we started bat batting about what the what Gooch means. And I said, you know, I went to school with a uh, with a gal whose last name was Gooch, uh, and I, I figured, you know, you know, it must be German for something. And and he says, no, it, it means it it means the taint. Now, do you know what the taint is? Now, I was familiar with that. All right, the taint is uh, uh, on people. It's a part of your body. Uh, it's the it's the part of your body that is. Uh, between your anus and your genitals, whatever you have there. Everybody has an anus, but we don't all have the same genitals. But whatever, that's that space in between there. Uh, I've always known it as being called the taint. Now, this fellow that I work with says it's called a gooch. And I, I thought he just made that up. He's, I thought he's just saying, well, it's the part between your, you know, 
<laughs> he said you're, you know, between your butt and your balls. I said, and I thought he was joking. I thought he made it up. And on the spot, I thought he was we're just riffing. And then his wife comes in at some point and says, that he says, and she backs him up and says, no, no, it's called, and I look it up, and according to the Urban Dictionary, yeah, it is, a, it, it is how the kids, at least whatever in the 90s, were calling it. Except I, lear I, I learned that it was called the taint in the 90s from Mr. Show. <laughs> because it taints your asshole and it taints your balls. You know, <laughs> I, I, that's what I learned about it. Now, the scientific name for it is the perineum. That's what it is. Uh, in the U.S. Congress, it refers to the space between uh, uh, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. You see, one's an asshole and the other's a... Anyway, <clears throat> so I, I didn't know that. So I, I, I went to the, the Gooch squad and I said, you know, guys, you know what Gooch means, apparently? <laughs> and uh, are we going to be... Should we just call ourselves the Taint Squad then, or... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Douglas could come up with uh, with uh, words that would fit for taint that would that would to make an acronym uh, not only now now remember acronyms are initialisms that create a word you know like scuba the, not the FBI FBI is not an acronym it's an initialism all initial all all acronyms are initialisms but not all initialisms are acronyms so let's get it right Uh, let's see. I was going to talk about this. I, uh, creepy songs. Creepy songs that aren't creepy like uh, um, like Peter Gabriel's song, The Intruder, which is on his album, which is uh, you know, self-titled. His first what, three or four albums were self-titled. Uh, this was the album that uh, fans took to calling Melt, because uh, on the cover, his face appears to be melting. And uh, and it's it's the opening track. It's got uh, Phil Collins playing the drums. Phil Collins was in you know Genesis, as was Peter Gabriel. They were they were they were bandmates. Peter Gabriel went off on his own, and Phil Collins was tapped to take the uh, lead vocals for Genesis, uh, which they did. I, I guess as as far as I know the story, the, the band did an extensive search for people to take over for vocals for for what Peter Gabriel was doing. They, and they couldn't find anybody, and they realized that you know Phil kind of sounds like like Peter Gabriel. He does. He does. There, there's, there's a, there's a similarity in their vocals, at least you know on the on the early uh, uh, Genesis stuff when when Phil began to uh, when he took over the the lead vocals and went after Peter left. There's you can hear something. You can hear a little bit of Peter Gabriel in Phil Collins' voice, and then Phil Collins kind of. Fell in, you know, came into his own voice after that, and you know, did the Phil colonization of uh, 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 of Genesis, which got, you know, by the time they got to their what Invisible Touch album, it just got to be too, yeah, you know, it started. They had a self-titled album after Abacab, which is my favorite Genesis album. I'm not a big on their proggy prog stuff because I don't know prog music. Some of it's okay, but I, most of it just gets a little too ponderous for me. But when they got more into the you know pop rock kind of with a little prog to it, period. You know they started that with I guess with Duke, and then and then the next album Abacab. You know and that one, and again that's my favorite album. Has some progginess to it, but it also has some real pure pop kind of stuff to it, and some it's it's a good album I like. But then their next album was a self-titled one that had the That's All tune on it, and the very unfortunate song now 
looking back on it now, it's very cringy. I'm sure the guys in the band look back at it and cringe the song Illegal Alien. You know, and it's like, eh, it's a little, it may be a little cringy now. Uh, it is a little cringy now because Phil Collins, it's just, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. The album after that was, was that Invisible Touch or something like that, and it's just by then it was just it's just Phil Collins with the other guys, those two other guys from Genesis working with him. It's just that's what it was. But anyway, so Peter Gabriel puts you know they has the album you know Melt and that track Intruder is really creepy. It's about a guy that's that knows how to get into your house, knows how to get into your into your delicate things, and know you know you know knows all about the stuff. And, and and you know and you know it's just it's a very creepy song, but that's not the kind of creepy song I'm talking about. I'm talking about a creepy song that the outside of the song, you know, the, it's not the song itself that's creepy. It's the it's the it's 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 a different element of the song that makes it creepy. So there's the first one I'm going to mention is uh, it's a song called Deep Purple. Uh, it was initially released in, I think, 1963. It went to number one. Uh, it was recorded by Nino Tempo and April Stevens. And as far as I know, there's nothing creepy about that. So that song, that version of the song is, you know, it's not creepy. It's about, uh, uh, well, I'll read some of the lyrics. And, uh, <laughs> and you'll understand why it gets creepy. Now, I, I was not that familiar with that version of the song. It was a different version of the song from, did I write the year down? I thought I did. It's from like 1975. From 1975, there was a version of the song that I'm much more familiar with. But here's here's some of the lines in, in, in the song. Just so it says, uh, In the still of the night, once again I hold you tight. Though, you, though you're gone, your love lives on when moonlight beams. As long as my heart will beat, sweet lover... Will all sweet lovers will always meet here in my deep purple dreams? Okay, now that's you know it's a nice love song and it's like you know we're, they're sweet lovers and they'll you know they'll they'll be together even if they're apart in the guy's dreams and it's a real pleasant little bit of pop music. It's just real pleasant. But the thing is that makes this particular version creepy is that it was recorded by Donnie and Marie Osmond, brother and sister. And you, when you when you listen to the song, it's a it's a love song. It's a duet in the in the tempo um, and Stevens version from 1963, which went to number one. Uh, that version, you know, you can you, you're you're supposed to, I think, imagine imagine that the two people singing the song, the man and the woman singing the song, are singing it to each other. Yeah, it's it's like like uh, 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 you know like Neil Diamond and, and and Barbara Streisand and their song you know you don't bring me flowers. It's kind of a breakup song, but there's you're you're supposed to be thinking that these are they're, they're playing two characters in a relationship that are talking to each other through that song. That's 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 what we're supposed to think. Uh, there are other songs that 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 escape me now. <laughs> was in my mind. Oh, uh, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, uh, Islands in the Stream is supposed to be some sort of a love song, I guess, between the two of them. And we're supposed to get the impression that they're singing it to each other. Peaches and Herb, Reunited. Oh, God, I hated that song when it came out. I mean, I really got to hate it when it came out because it's a real sappy, syrupy song that just got played over and over and over and over and over. It's one of those kinds of things. It just got sickening. But that's a song. It's, just, it's Peaches is some gal. It's not always the same singer. 
but Herb is 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 always the same guy. Uh, but he they had a big hit with that song, and we're supposed to think that the the two singers are they're singing it to each other. They 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 may not be in reality with each other, but they're singing it to each other. Captain and Tennille. They you know they they would you know do that to me one more time. We're supposed to be thinking that the guy in the goofy uh, mariner cap. Uh, captain's hat did something you know sexually uh ringing bell kind of thing with the the tall lady you know and the guy it's like we're supposed to, it's kind of creepy <laughs> it's kind of yeah it's kind of icky but but that's the 70s for you you know they had the afternoon delight song you know which which i love that song it's a great harmony song and it's it's and it but it has its own kind of icky feel to it but that was the 70s a lot of stuff had an icky feel in the 70s so okay I mean, but it's brother and sister singing the song to each other. And it's, uh, you guys, but apparently the public didn't mind. It was a top 20 hit. It got to number 14 on the American charts on the Hot 100, the Billboard Hot 100. But there's another one. There's another creepy-ass song along the same lines. I've got more lyrics to read in that one. <clears throat> song's called Something Stupid. Uh, let's see, did I write when it came out? Uh, 1967, the song came out. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the fellow, the male part of the, the, the duet, you know, said, we're going to do this, this is going to be a hit. And it was, I think it did go to number one on the Hot 100. Uh, okay, so here's, here's some of the lyrics. <clears throat> I know I stand in line until you think you have the time to spend an evening with me. We drop into a quiet place and have a drink or two, and then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love you. It continues. I can see it in your eyes. You still despise the same old lines you heard the night before. And though it's just a line to you, for me it's true and never seemed so right before. The time is right, your perfume fills my head, and uh, on, let's see, oh, and oh, the night's so blue, and then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid, like I love you. should have wrote more clearly so I could understand it. All right, it's a love song. It's a guy trying to pick up a gal that he loves. You know, he's he's interested in. You know, there's something about you. You're just making my head swim. I I know that you've been approached by other guys, but man, I really, you know, I I just need to. I'd love to. I I just would like to be. Oh, I love you, and it's a, that kind of thing. It's a, oh crap, I'm getting a little too ahead of myself. That's the thing. That's that's the worry in the song that he's got. He got too ahead of himself blurts out I love you too soon. Well, that was sung by Frank Sinatra and his daughter, Nancy Sinatra. I mean, that's Fearless Leader and Ivanka's theme song, ain't it? It's, I, you know, I think at the time, Frank was being, you know, people were saying, you know, before, when they were going to record the song, some of Frank's people were saying, you know, sure you want to, that song? Ah, it'll be a hit. It'll be a hit. And it was a hit. But it's a father and daughter singing each other, to each other. It's, or at least it seems they're singing it to each other. <sighs> and, and another side thing about Nancy Sinatra. Now, you know, she has got that song, uh, These Boots Are Made For Walking. She's, she, doesn't, she didn't inherit the great singing voice that her father has. But she's not a terrible singer. She does. She didn't have a career as a singer, 
and you know it's it's just uh, she's she even sings one of the uh, uh, James Bond theme songs uh, you only live twice and I guess uh, from what I've read about it uh, it was a she it was a it was a difficult recording session she felt very intimidated by it because you know she's just not that strong of a singer not a bad singer but just not you know she's not in her dad's level she's not there and there's a song that she does that's on like uh it's on uh, uh, like a best of album of hers it's a song called things and it's a duet with dean martin well dean martin sings the whole song she just kind of adds in little bits like she'll say things and then dean martin will say like i'll walk in the dark things i like a kiss in the pie things yeah she does the things part and it, what about the night a week, right? And that's all Dean Martin. And she's just going, oh, me too. And she'll talk in a song. It's like, how is this a duet? <laughs> she's a backup singer to a Dean Martin song. So, I'm just saying. That's just a little part of it. Okay, where am I at? Ooh, look at that. I made it to the next break. Oh, I have uh, I've had a question asked of me. You can ask me a question, and maybe I'll answer it. You can send it to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Send, send me a question, and if I remember to check that email, I'll answer it if I can. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to take my next break, which is all set up and ready to go. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space-age skill and serve your country too. The Aerospace Team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. To Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Did you notice 
anything about those brakes? You know, the songs that we uh, go in and out of brakes, uh, I guess in the radio land, they call, it, uh, they call them bumpers. Did you notice any, anything about those songs? They were all songs by Pete Townsend. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about Pete Townsend now. Uh, my tooth doesn't hurt. Um, I'm past my cold. I'm going to get the tooth pulled soon. I got past a very stressful week at work. It's time to unwind and talk about Pete. And I would have done this last week. And it would oh sorry, I'm squeaking on my chair. Uh, I would have done this last week, but which would have been a little more timely because last Friday, uh, May nineteenth, uh, the Friday before would have, would have been a show last week, but because I was too, uh, I was still in the cold and and bad pain in the mouth, stuff was going on. I just couldn't do a show. Uh, May 19th was, was Pete Townsend's 78th birthday. So I thought, you know, uh, I would talk about that because I had a question from my friend Craig. He asked me, I wrote it down, what's your favorite solo by Pete? And I knew he meant Pete Townsend. He just wrote, what's your favorite solo by Pete? But I had to clarify uh, uh, something about that question. I asked him, guitar, song, album? And he said guitar solo. And he, he and he referred to um, the song Comfortably Numb with David Gilmore's brilliant guitar solos on that song. There's two of them on that and that song. They're great. They're 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 they really are a great song. Uh, a great solos and it's a great song. The albums that the that it's off of, Pink Floyd's The Wall, is a pretty good album, but man is it depressing. <laughs> so but it has that great song, Comfortably Numb. It's such a great song. It all comes together perfectly. And that and the guitar solos that David Gilmore does on those are just fantastic. So you may have noticed, if you listen through the breaks, you may have noticed that in the first break it was you know the uh, you're listening to you know the Dimline you're listening to Dimline Radio those things just to remind you that you're listening to the show. It's it's kind of a radio thing too. See, like Dimland Radio, I treat it like this is a radio show, not necessarily a podcast, which it is. But I treat it like it's a radio show because I just do it live and I don't do any edits or anything like that. At least not many over the years I've done one or two, but mainly it's nope. If I screw something up in the first five minutes, like I did this show before this one, I have to start over and do it again because I'm not going to cobble it together. I'm not going to. You know, I, I just don't have the skills or the know-how or whatever. So anyway, so then I put in those breaks. I put in, you know, you're listening to, because that's what they do on radio, don't they? Anyway, so the first one, the, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're listening to, you know, Z Talk's Redheaded Stepchild or something. Uh, you know, that's and that's because I'm the skeptic on the station of paranormal people. Uh, and the music that plays under that is one of the guitar solos by David Gilmore from The Wall. That's that's you know that's under there. And then in my second break that you just went through, I put the Pete Townsend ad in there because I'm going to talk about Pete Townsend, uh, it's a, which is weird. It, it is a real ad. I thought the Pete Townsend ad that it's for the U.S. Air Force or that, I thought that was just a, an unused ad that, they, that it's, it was an idea that they would use on their third album called The Who Sell Out. Uh, there was a, uh, the concept of that album was, uh, for most of that album, was that you're listening to a radio station, uh, Radio London, which is a, one of those pirate radio stations. So they, they put them out on a boat just outside of UK waters, and they broadcast to the UK. So they're, they can't be you know under the rules of the BBC and all that kind of stuff. So um, 
I thought that that ad might have been just for that, and they just decided not to use it. Well, it turns out he actually did record an ad for the U.S. Air Force, and I can't remember the year. Uh, the, you know, just judging by his the sound of his voice, uh, it's probably around the Tommy era, which would be 1969. So it's probably around there. See, and he got some criticism for it because you know Vietnam's going on, and here he is doing that. But whatever his reasoning was, I don't know. So, okay, so I put that in there. And then the next little You're Listening to Dimline Radio thing that was on there, what was that? Was, uh, I can't remember what that was. Let me take a look. Uh, don't take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimline Radio. Under that bit of music is a Pete Townsend tune, uh, crashing by design off his album uh, White City, a novel, which coincidentally features David Gilmour on that album, on, so, on several tracks. In fact, one of the tracks is a co-written song by Pete and David. Uh, it was a song that David Gilmour had written the music to. He had this. He had it there. He's I've got this thing. He gave it to Pete and said, can you do some lyrics for this for me? And so Pete did some lyrics for it, and David didn't like those lyrics, so he didn't use it. I guess some other uh, songwriter uh, David Gilmore gave that, that music to. He says, can you come up with some lyrics for it? And that person did, and David didn't like it, so he ended up not using it and at all. So Pete used it on this album with the lyrics that he wrote, uh, I think adjusted for his theme of that album, which I'll get to. Uh, so, you know, hey, connections, huh? You know, I do some stuff once in a while, not all the time, but little little things that if you pay attention, hey... There's a lot of stuff about, like this show, there's a lot of stuff about music on this show. And not the whole thing. The first segment was me talking about, you know, what's going on in my personal life. But this second segment on, huh? Huh? See what I'm doing? See see what I do? Sometimes? Sometimes I do, like, like I do like a movie show sometimes. And See? Okay. So anyway. <clears throat> so Craig asked me, what's my favorite solo by Pete? So I asked, guitar, song, or album? And he said guitar solo, and he's you know like yeah because I and I and I thought about it for just a little bit and I thought you know I that's just not the kind of uh, guitarist Pete Townsend is he's not known for his solos he would do them he would do these very experimental very off you know crazy kind of things in concert with lots of feedback and all this sort of stuff he he would just go wherever it would go. But in his songs, I mean, he's got solos in his songs. Like uh, the song Rain Over Me uh, has a pretty good guitar solo, electric guitar solo. Uh, it, it's, and, and then there's some stuff on, uh, on Quadrophenia. Uh, a couple of the, the, there's two instrumental tracks on there, one that's called the title track, Quadrophenia, and the other one is uh, The Rock. And there's some interesting guitar work, some lead work in there. But it's just nothing on the level of, of Gilmore. Or Eric Clapton, or Jimi Hendrix, you know, any of those people. Nothing like Jeff Beck and all those all those guitar god guys that just uh, you know just do these massively great, uh, interesting guitar solos. Uh, some of them are very boring, like you know, any of them from um, from Eric Clapton, or at least most of them are pretty boring. And Eric Clapton's a kind of a horrible person. It's hard to uh, it's hard to accept that he and Townsend are such friends, <clears throat> or at least they were. But anyway, uh, so 
so Townsend's just not that. He's 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 developed more that idea of doing the power chords and slashing and you know clanging guitar sound. Uh, it's more like that. He's more of a rhythm guitarist than a lead guitarist. Although, like I said, he does do lead. I I talked about this on the show some time ago when I when and it was not all that long ago that I realized that the the opening song, uh, opening track, well not track, the opening song, the first song on the album Quadrophenia, the, the opening track is a little soundscape. Uh, of uh, ambient sounds of, of of water crashing on the shore, and with little bits and pieces of uh, of songs that will come up on the album. It's just sort of a just kind of a mood setter, and then it kicks in the song "The Real Me." And I talked about it on the show before, where it it took me I don't know how many listens to that before I realized there's no lead guitar played on there by Pete. All Pete does is rhythm guitar, the little slashing, the the power chord stuff. That's all he does. He doesn't play melody lines. He doesn't play anything. It's just, it's all chords. Boom, boom, you know, just, you know, it's just whatever. The lead guitar on that song is played by John Entwistle on his bass guitar, because John Entwistle was the bass player for the band. He's doing the lead parts as well as the bass parts, you know, all at the same time on that song. And it's amazing when I heard that. It's just, well, God, there's nothing. There's no, there's no little, little riffs. There's no nothing by Pete. Everything's done by John. Pete's just doing rhythm guitar stuff. Just lots of, you know, giving it flavor. You know, slashing and, and bang and smash and all that kind of, you know, pop rock kind of sounds, or like pop art, you know, stuff. So, <clears throat> so that's so I, I, I really didn't have one. And uh, Craig agreed with me. He said that yeah, that's Townsend's never been thought of that way. It's not that he's not a great guitarist. It's just that, that he's not an Eddie Van Halen. He's just he's not that. He, you know, he's just. I think I read somewhere where Eddie Van Halen was listening to some live thing, like live at Leeds, and he's listening to Pete do some guitar stuff. And he and 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 Al, uh, 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 what's his name, Van Halen? Um, uh, I don't even. What's his first name? <laughs> Eddie says to Pete. He says you play the best mistakes, man. Something like that, and it's like, where I, I guess that's a compliment. But uh, anyway, but I thought that I'd, I'd try. I, I did say there's a pretty interesting guitar solo in uh, "Love Rain Over Me" uh, and, and and two other tracks on on the Quadrophenia album. Um, there's, uh, you know, it's it's hard to think of any electric. A guitar solo track. He does riffs and things like that, but what he does do really well and what does stand out is when he plays something on acoustic. When he does acoustic guitar playing, plays a bit differently than he does on, on electric guitar. Has a little flamenco style to it, uh, a lot of flourishes, uh, you know, finger, finger picking, you know, uh, interesting sound. Um, and so there's a few things that you could check out. Um, one of the good ones, but maybe not his, you know, not the best, but uh, a good uh, acoustic bit of a solo, uh, which is chord playing and picking. Uh, it, it comes at the end of the song Sister Disco on the album um, Who Are You, which is the last of the true Who albums, where all four of the original members are on the album. Just, just, it was released just before Keith Moon died. Uh, so that's, but at the end of that track, the outro for that track is an uh, uh, an acoustic guitar solo, um, playing it out, you know, playing out the song, 
And uh, so I, that one's pretty good. Uh, on the album Tommy, the opening track on Tommy is called Overture. And it's it's just it's like in an opera where the, the there's music that's played at the beginning and as I understand opera, it, it, it picks up on all the themes musically that'll show up later in the opera. Well, it does that in the overture, I guess, and that's what you know Townsend did on on, uh, on the Who did on Tommy, and as Tommy as the over as overture begins to end, it goes it it it, it fades into an acoustic guitar. Uh, playing part uh, uh, with Townsend singing about Captain Walker, the son of Tommy Walker, who's Tommy in the album who goes deaf, dumb, and blind um, because he saw his uh, his his father and his mother murder uh, his mother's lover. Uh, in the movie, it's it, it, the, that they did it. It was the lover and the mother that murdered the father. But in the in the album, it's the father and the mother that murdered the lover. And so then the kid gets locked into this world. He, he couldn't handle it, so he locks himself into this blind, deaf, and dumb world, which, you know, it's a whole pretentious Pete Townsend thinking thing. So anyway, as that overture begins to fade down, uh, an acoustic guitar starts coming in, and Townsend starts singing about Captain Walker never came home, and you know, and then gets to the it's it's and it goes into it's a boy, Mrs. Walker, it's a boy. Well, the guitar work there, it's acoustic, it's very good. I and that's a pretty good solo uh, for for there uh, with acoustic guitar. Um, let's see, there's another one. There's a song on the album The Who Sell Out. It's called Sunrise. It's uh it's an, an acoustic number where where Townsend is. It's just him singing, and it's mostly the acoustic guitar. There might be some other instruments on it. I, I haven't listened to it in a little bit, so I can't remember it exactly. But it's that's pretty good guitar work on there too. Again, nothing at the level of David Gilmour, but you know, pretty good. Um, my favorite though, and I'll link to a video. There's, I'll, I'll see if I can. Uh, if I'll, I'll link to a couple of them. Uh, one where he's younger, uh, from 1979, and another one where he's. I think it's. Uh, he must be in his 50s at this point uh, in that one. That one, he forgets the lyrics. He starts to play the song. He forgets the lyrics when he's just, he goes to get the, get into the lyrics. He went, I forgot the lyrics. <laughs> and he backs and he keeps, keeps playing. He's completely, in both of the videos I'll link, he's completely solo. It's just him playing an acoustic guitar. And you can see he had said about his guitar playing that his, his acoustic guitar playing got better and better and better and better as he got older. Um, he, he, at some point when he was in his 60s or 70s, he was saying, I'm, my acoustic guitar playing is better than it's ever been. So you get a little sense of that. You can compare how he was doing in 1979 when he was a young guy. Uh, and, you know, like, uh, he was like in his early 30s at that point. And then he got, or mid-30s. And then you got uh, um, you know, the, the one where he's late 50s, I think. You can compare the two and how he plays. Uh, and, and there are other videos out there of him doing, you know, just him on the acoustic guitar playing it uh, and singing it. Um, and Did I say the name of the song? The song is called Drown. It's from Quadrophenia. On the album, Roger sings the, local, the lead vocals. And when they first started playing it in concert, Roger would sing them. But then after a while, Townsend took over singing the lead vocals. I don't know why. He must have said, hey, you know, I want to sing that one. And Roger said, go ahead. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, I, I'm not sure why. But and at first, when I first was listening to the album Quadrophenia, Drown was uh, a bit of a, a difficult one for me at the beginning. I don't know why. 
Uh, I listen now. It's one of my favorite songs by them. I just love how uh, the piano works in there. This cascading piano gets played, and and it just it just the song is fantastic. And when Townsend plays it solo on the acoustic, when I saw him in 1996, they were touring Quadrophenia. That might be where the the uh, the other video uh, where he's older and playing it. it might be from that tour, that era, anyway. When when we saw him, my friend David and I, uh, Dave and I saw him, saw the Who. He got out there. He just played, a, you know, just on a, his acoustic playing drown. And it was just fantastic. It was the highlight of the night. It was just so good. Um, that I think is my favorite of of, of Pete's uh, doing stuff on a guitar. Uh, that's that's my favorite little bit that he's done. Um, so that's as far as guitar solos. There you go. But he. But since I am, am talking about him. Uh, I'm going to give it just a, a couple minutes here, and uh, uh, let's see. I'll throw out uh, one of my favorite solo Pete Townsend songs. Well, these are a few. I can't narrow it down, but there's a few. Oh, there's one other song with the acoustic playing. It's called uh, 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 Sheraton Gibson, which was off his, his very first solo album called Who Came First. It wasn't exactly an official solo album, but it was. I mean, it was just meant for a few a select you know, it, it was it was going to be a, a, a small run, and just for the uh, other people that followed his same guru. You know, I never fell in line with Pete Townsend's spirituality because you know I'm an atheist and I think it's all silly. But anyway, I'm sorry to be dismissive. I just think it's silly. But Townsend did a lot of great art through his ideas of spirituality. Anyway, but I, I still think it's silly. Anyway, so that first album that they did. Uh, was just meant for a small you know, audience to buy, uh, but it, it ended up going bigger. Uh, but the, the song Sheridan Gibson is just him on, a, on an acoustic guitar with a little bit of uh, overdubs with some electric guitar and some synthesizer. It's, uh, it's an interesting song. I like his guitar playing on that. But solo songs, favorite solo songs. I got, uh, let's see, Love, uh, let's see, that's not a solo song. Uh, Misunderstood. That was off the album called Rough Mix, which came out uh after uh, who's uh who came first by, by a couple few years and then and but before empty glass which came out in 1980 so it's like 1975 or so uh uh rough mix came out and it's pete townsend and ronnie lane working together on an album so it's not a, a solo pete townsend album but there's a song in there called misunderstood i really like that song it's one of my favorites of townsend's i won't get too deep into it there's another song i played it no i didn't play it in the um uh, no, it, it's I did play it in, in one of the bumpers. Uh, um, uh, and I moved, and it's a very it's a very gay song, uh, or it could be you can consider it being very gay because it's Townsend singing, the you know he's singing at the uh, um, um, he's singing about a a man, uh, you know, enticing him or you know this he laid me back just like an empty dress is a line on there. And it's it's a song that he had written for for Bette Midler, uh, but she passed on it because it just it was a little too, I don't know, a little too passionate or something. I don't know. It seems odd for Bette Midler, but she didn't think it was right for her. So Townsend recorded it without changing the gender of the singer, without making it. You know that that's what happens. You know when a when a woman covers a song about how much she you know the songs about how you know how much the, the, the guy singer loves this whatever person and every reference to that other person being a female is is changed to a male and vice versa you know just depending because you know people are going to freak out but 
But Townsend just said, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to just sing it the way I wrote it for her, but I'm just going to sing it that way. And so it's so it's kind of it's kind of a gay song, but I don't care. I love the song. It's got this cascading piano uh, that, again, it's, it's sort of reminiscent of, of, of Drown, but not it's not rollicking like Drown has, but it just it's just really nicely done. It's a great song. Love it. Uh, another one of his um, is a song, uh, well, then there's Let My Love Open the Door, which is also from Empty Glass, that, uh, um, and I Move is from Empty Glass, if I didn't say that. Um, it was Townsend's biggest solo hit songs of his career. I think it was a top 20 hit, maybe a top 10. I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, so you probably know it. There's the opening track of the album White City, a novel uh, that features David Gilmore doing his dicka 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 kind of guitar playing. You'll hear it. I'll link to all these songs. Um, it's called Give Blood. It's the opening track, and I really like that song. I like the David Gilmore bits in it. Uh, I like the way it's done. It's a great song. Um, and uh, let's see. And then uh, another track, which is uh, in, which might seem strange, but it's, a, it's off of his album from '93, I think it was. Uh, it's called Psycho Derelict. It didn't really do much as far as you know charting and all that kind of stuff but it's this concept album that townsend came up with it there's a little radio play that goes throughout the album there is a music only version of that album somewhere out there i think i have to find it on youtube to be able to enjoy it but i i prefer that once i've heard the radio story i don't really want to hear it again i just want to hear the songs so but you know anyway uh there's a song on it called early morning dreams and townsend sings in there he's he's on the song but it's mostly the backing vocalists doing the singing to it, and it's I just there's just something about it that I really like. Hard to explain. I'll try to link to that one and see what you think of it. Uh, and then, as far as my favorite solo album by Pete Townsend, ha, ah, that was hard uh, to grab one. But uh, I think it's it's got to be White City, a novel, which came out in 1985. 85 features David Gilmore on some of the tracks. Uh, it's it's. It's, it's it's a song about this neighborhood that Pete grew up in called White City, uh, and he's he's gone back to visit his friend that's still there, and you know how difficult a life that guy's had while well, Pete's had a great life because you know he's a rock star and all that stuff. Sort of touches on all that kind of thing. Uh, one of the bumpers I played on the uh, tonight or on this show is a song called Brilliant Blues, which comes from that album. I really do like the album. Uh, it's worth checking out. I'll link to as much as I can uh, so you can check out the, the greatness of Pete Townsend. Uh, his birthday was May 19th. The dude's 78 and he's still, he hasn't died. I guess we don't always uh, make our hopes, do we? He hoped to die before he get old. Oh well, what are you going to do? Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, the end of another show. So we'll uh, see you next week, I hope. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, don't take other people's prescriptions. Do take all of your antibiotic prescriptions that you're given. Take all of it, not all at once, but through the whole prescription. And uh, remember to sleep with the lights off.
can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.